0: Welcome to The New Chemist. We're glad you're listening. Feel free to download this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Here on The New Chemist, we discuss chemistry, which simply put is the science of change, as well as careers, community, research, and COVID-19. We're happy you're tuning in. My guest today is Dr. Robert Langer. Thanks for joining me today. It is good to hear from you. Just briefly, I'll inform my audience about you. Dr. Robert Samuel Langer, Jr. is an American chemical engineer, scientist, entrepreneur, inventor, and one of the 12 Institute professors at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. He was formerly the Germershausen Professor of Chemical and Biomedical Engineering and maintains activity in the Department of Chemical Engineering and the Department of Biological Engineering at MIT. He is also a faculty member of the Harvard-MIT program in Health Sciences and Technology, and the Koch Institute for Integrative Cancer Research. In 2015, Dr. Robert Langer was awarded the Queen Elizabeth Prize for Engineering. He has numerous accolades and achievements. Please welcome Dr. Robert Langer. Okay, Dr. Langer, thank you so much for joining me today. It is good to have you here.
1: My pleasure.
0: Yes. So what has been some of the most beneficial advice you have received?
1: Well, I would say that, um, you know, it's, it's not so much advice as just a role model. You know, Judah Folkman was my uh, postdoctoral advisor. And he was the kind of person that believed anything was possible. I don't know if he used those words, but he, uh, he lived that, you know? And so I think that, 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 that thinking that anything is possible, and, and I think recognizing when you think that way, you're gonna often get criticism, there's gonna be a lot of roadblocks, and then not giving up. And I think, you know, so I mean, he never said it quite that way, but, that, but that's, that's kind of what I learned uh, from him as a mentor. To 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 dream big dreams and never give up.
0: Oh wow, that's, that's very good. It's very good. Persistence is important. So, uh, do you have any advice for those wanting to pursue the field you are currently working in?
1: Well, what I just said is part of the advice. You know, I okay. think it's important to do things that are transformative and not incremental. But okay. recognizing that if you do do that, you you will run into roadblocks and you will fail sometimes. So, uh, you know, so the important thing is, as you just said, is persistence. Persistence is very important.
0: Yeah, that's true. You know, Dr. Langer, um, I, I listened to several of your interviews, and one of the things that stands out to me is that if your academic path, the academic training was not easy. You encountered some challenges, and I, would, I, I think it's very commendable that you were able to persist and be successful amidst those challenges. So in line with your major, why did you choose chemical engineering as a field to major?
1: Yeah, I would like to tell you that it was really well thought out, but I, I can't say that. You know, initially, when I was in high school, my dad and my, uh, uh, you know, guidance counselor said, well, you know, you're good in science and math, so you should become an engineer. So I became an engineer. And, uh, you know, and, and, and then when I was at Cornell as an undergraduate, uh, the course I liked the best and the one I was best at was uh, was was chemistry so I became a
0: chemical engineer okay oh wow wow so um, I, I'm glad I did I
1: think it's been a great profession
0: okay yeah I, I would say so too um, so in terms of your doctoral studies is it along the same lines that you chose chemical engineering to do your doctoral studies in or are those things the uh, deciding factors the things that affected you in your undergraduate years?
1: Well, you know, so I became, I, I, for a long time, I didn't have a very clear idea of what I wanted to do. As an undergraduate, like I say, I majored in chemical engineering for the reasons that I said. As a graduate student, I mean, I, in a way, it was just a continuation of that. I I still was kind of searching for something I wanted to do. And when I was a graduate student, I got involved in a lot of other things too, like helping start a school for poor, high school students, and things like that, and, uh, and 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 developing new chemistry and math curriculum. And so uh, it wasn't until my postdoctoral work that I really sort of found a, a research direction, you know, and, and that was by being in the hospital. I worked in Children's Hospital as a postdoc, and I was really the only engineer there. And as I mentioned, the man I worked with, Judah Folkman, he was a great role model, and, and I started to Think about how I could combine solve medical problems with my chemical engineering background.
0: Okay, yeah, that's that's very that's very good. So um, you mentioned how you started the school, and I remember hearing about the school um, in a previous interview. Um, so my question to you is: oh, Why and how did you go about starting that school?
1: Well, actually, I, well, so my interest in teaching started when I was at Cornell because I was a uh, teaching assistant and I really loved that and so when I came to Boston the next year and Cambridge uh, to join MIT uh, as a student, graduate student, I got involved in doing some tutoring activities in Roxbury and Cambridge and so there were some people, uh, Peter Haggerty, Neil Didrickson, Paul Didrickson. they were interested in starting this school for working-class uh, children, uh, for kids. And they had heard about me so they asked would i help on developing the math and science programs and wow. i thought this sounded like a very worthwhile thing so i did
0: oh wow, that's very good so how have you maintained vision and teamwork in your environment how have you maintained those things in your work environment in your lab how do you maintain those things
1: well i guess they're, they're different things so vision I, I, I try to encourage everybody in the lab to think big and to dream big dreams and to do things that can hopefully have a big effect on, on the health and well being of the world. And, 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 and so, you know, in terms of teamwork, um, you know, and I encourage everybody to work together. You know, we have a lot of people, we have over a hundred people in the lab, but I try to hire, I mean, this may sound almost silly, but I try to hire very nice people. Uh, who get along with each other, but who also really want to make a difference in the world. And, mm-hmm. and so that's what I've tried to do uh, repeatedly. Uh, so yeah. I, I and, and they, they've been great. I mean, the people we've had in our lab have been outstanding.
0: Yeah, that's very true. So in terms of your success, I think any, by any standard of measurement, international, national, um, I think people can all agree that you have been successful as a pioneer in the field. So what would you say has complemented the most to your success would it be mentoring would it be networking would it be your your approach to studying or learning or teaching what would you say has co- has been the main driver or, co- or impetus in which you've been successful
1: Well I think to to whatever to the extent that I have been successful and that may be debatable but to the extent that I have you know I really think it's been the people I've had wonderful wonderful people working in the lab and and they've been great I, I like to think that uh, they feel like I've treated them well and that I've encouraged them uh, to, to to live their dreams um, you know but really it's it's having just tremendous people you know MIT's been a great place and we've just yeah. had a tremendous uh, number of, of very very good students and postdocs in the lab and You know, by any measures, it's it. You know, I think nineteen are now in the National Academy of Engineering. I think sixteen in the National Academy of Medicine. You know, and they've won all kinds of awards. Started companies. I mean, they've been very, very successful. So, uh, to me, it's 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 been them.
0: Yeah, it's true. People are important, very important. So, given all your responsibilities and accomplishments, how have you, or how do you, strive to maintain or maintain?
1: a balanced life well my wife is very good at at, at making sure i do you know when my children were little she told me uh that if i wasn't traveling and uh that i shouldn't uh that i needed to be home by seven every night to spend time with the kids and when i traveled i mean of course right now i'm not traveling but when i did travel certainly when the children were young i mean you know or even at home i um i would never be gone for very long you know i i uh I, I kind of learned that that would, was important to them. So like for just to give an example, five years in a row I had to go to Israel for something like a lecture an award or a degree, honorary degree. And all those five times in a row, five different years, I didn't use a hotel. You know, I just flew over, I spent part of the day there and then I flew right back. Wow. They have a one a.m. flight from uh, Tel Aviv to, to New York. So I was able to do that. But but anyhow, that that uh, so I, I never would be gone for very long.
0: Okay. Wow. Well, yeah. Family is a very important thing, and I so I would, so you would say your family is the basis on which you've been able to keep a balanced life.
1: Well, that and my wife has been very good. Laura. She she tells me what she thinks. So if I did something, if I was probably spending too much time doing other things, she would certainly let me know.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's good. So, um, in terms of your impactful ideas, what would you say have been your most impactful and effective ideas to date?
1: Well, I think there's been three or four areas. It's hard to, you know, that that uh, that have been uh, uh, important. I guess one has been the work we did with Judah Folkman on isolating the first uh, angiogenesis inhibitors, the first blood vessel inhibitors. You know, and that's led because of work that others had done after that, that companies and so forth to many new drugs that would be useful in treating cancer and eye diseases. The second is probably the work on new materials and control drug delivery, which also, and you know, that includes nanotechnology and that's also led to, you know, quite a number of, of, of products um, uh, by different groups again. And finally, would be the idea of, uh, the, with Jay Vacanti of tissue engineering, you know, where you could combine Uh, materials and cells and you know make new tissues and organs whether that be a organ on a chip or a new tissue in the body like artificial skin
0: okay okay so in terms of you finding and seeking the right environment for you to thrive scientifically and intellectually how did you go about finding that how how what was your guide uh, what was your rubric or basis on which you found that environment? I take it it was at MIT, um, but how did you find that?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, so there are different ways. I mean, I, I, I really, I suppose the experience I had at Children's Hospital, uh, that that was really key, um, and and then MIT. I mean, I. You know that was, I guess, good luck. I, but I, you know, that they hired me, and you know, things work out there. Ultimately, though, you create your own environment. Really, when you run a lab, it's it's the you know it's the environment you create for others. You know that ends up makes a difference. That ends up making a difference.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I've heard other people say that as well. It's not so much about the environment being there already, but you can complement the creating that environment for yourself. Um, I think that's key, yes. I agree.
1: I agree with you.
0: Yeah, and which you're able to thrive um scientifically and intellectually. I heard someone say um you can almost somewhat bend the environment to your will or complement it, change it. Um well, you so, can create
1: if you 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 have a big effect on the environment by the way you treat people and the way you, you act as a role model or lack thereof.
0: That's true. That's very true. Your actions do count. So um in terms of you being, in terms of you maintaining view of the bigger picture in your career and in your life in general, how have you done that? When you face challenges or obstacles, how have you maintained a view of the bigger picture that kept you going and that kept you persistent? How, how did you do that?
1: Well, I guess that's just me. You know, I'm a very sub- stubborn person. If I believe in something, I just keep trying and trying. I don't give up easily. If I feel something can do some good. If I feel that we've made a finding that's important, you know, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do the best I can.
0: Okay, yeah, that's, that's very good. So Dr. Langer, um, I, you know, I, my career path, I'll just speak on my career path thus far. Um, I started off um, in engineering at Georgia Tech and some things happened and I transitioned to another institute and I switched my major to biochemistry. So I changed path because also my interest changed as well. Um, so my question to you is: for those in the field of engineering, what would be um, some of your advice? So what would be the key things that you did that complemented to you being able to transition to eventually a doctoral program in engineering and eventually to serve as uh, a pioneer in the field? What were some of the th- key things that you did um, in your time as an undergraduate and as a graduate students?
1: Yeah, well I think as an undergraduate I feel you really want to learn the fundamentals. You want to learn the fundamentals and you want to really do well in class. Uh, I, I mean that and that should be your highest priority. I mean I wouldn't do research or other things until I knew I could do well in, in class so to speak. As a graduate student I think then you know, you also want to do the same thing, continue learning the fundamentals well, but then you really want to pick a research project and a research advisor, if you're getting a PhD uh, or or even a master's degree, who's really a good mentor. And what does that mean? I mean, hopefully that they treat you well and that they put you in an environment or have you in an environment where you can learn from them and from others.
0: Okay, yeah, that's good. So I think, most of us can agree that um, this time has been somewhat challenging for a lot of people due to the pandemic, um, and a lot of people have encountered obstacles or challenges. So, if you, if what has been the what has kept you optimistic during this time, during this pandemic, what has
1: kept well, you two optimistic? things. Two, two, two things. One of the things that we I've been doing is I've been spending a lot of time trying to fight this pandemic. You know, one of the companies I helped starts, Moderna. Moderna has been one of the leading companies in terms of creating the COVID vaccine. You know, so they're now in what's called phase three trials for doing it. And actually, almost every one of the companies that's doing uh, an RNA vaccine, and those are the leading ones in terms of moving forward in the clinic, uses nanoparticles, Uh, you know, which is an area to to deliver the RNA. And, you know, so that's an area that we've done a lot on. And we're also doing work in the lab on vaccines uh, with masks, uh, creating new masks, creating new ventilators, creating split ventilators, um, you know, working on uh, nasal sprays that might be able to combat it, working on new blood tests. So I've been, we've been very active in terms of really trying to hopefully make a difference uh, in, in treating COVID. In addition to, you know, even though research slowed down on other things because of the rules at the universities, you know, I think that uh, we continue that research too. And we're working a lot with the Gates Foundation on things that can help the developing world and, and just other things that I, I hope will, will be important to the world at some point. And again, I believe in all these things, so we're not going to stop, uh, you know, and so, but all that is, is what we've tried to do.
0: So I uh, two, two, two more questions. Um, In terms of your work with the COVID-19 pandemic, in terms of all these things you're designing and engineering, have you seen the impact or is it still in the works? Have you started to see impact from your work thus far?
1: I'd say the answer to that is we've seen some uh, some impact. I mean, so what can I say? The fact that, I mean, some of the things that we did Actually, now over forty-five years ago, creating you know small particles that could deliver nucleic acids. I mean, like I say, that's being used by Moderna, Pfizer, uh, many companies. I mean, again, lots of other people contributed too, but but we did that early. We we also developed other kinds of nanoparticles. Uh, so and, and and again, a lot of it's being done by our students uh, and, and 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 some of these places. So I think that the vaccines. They haven't made an impact yet, but other than the people that have been treated by it, but it, that seems to me the nation's biggest hope, the world's biggest hope is the vaccines. Other things we've done have had an impact. We've helped uh, we helped make new masks, and you know several million uh, of those have already been used by people. And I think you know they're better masks. Um, you know so. Uh, and some of the others are, are in the works, but are in clinical trials, and you know they've moved very fast. So, so I, I think that we've been able to make some uh, impact on patients already, and, and hopefully more.
0: Okay. So Dr. Dr. Langer, um, you know you mentioned just going back. you mentioned how you said you're somewhat stubborn and you're persistent. Is this something that was taught to you in your upbringing Or is it something you developed over time in academic settings?
1: I think it's something that I just was born that way. You know, I think I've always been stubborn. I'm sure my parents thought that. (laughs)
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, um, Dr. Langer, it was so good to have you you on today. Um, I really appreciate you taking this time to chat with me and for us to discuss your career path and how you're currently making a difference and how you have Made, made a substantial difference in chemical engineering and biomolecular engineering uh, fields. So, thank you again for joining me today. Thank you. It's a pleasure and good luck. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain it's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Thank you.